Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we are still on the road to Picard. We are still in season two of Next... Actually, this is our first season two of Next Gen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we're just set, yeah. coming into season two. Just coming into season two, so it's uh, not regarded as the best kind of period of Trek season two of Next Gen, I don't think. No, a bit better than season one. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's a couple of standout episodes yeah. that we're going to cover in the next couple of weeks, yeah. Um, well, some that we thought were standout when we looked back, but <laughs> yeah. maybe aren't so much as we've rewatched them. Well, we'll get to them as well. But um, yeah, it, it had a bit of bother the second season. There was a writer's strike, which is why the season was sort of cut short, and I think that's why we got... Uh, the clip show at the end of the season, Shades of Grey, which yeah. we're, we're certainly not covering in the road to Picard. I don't know that we'll ever get around no, to Shades of Grey. No, I don't think there's any point to ever cover Shades of Grey because you cover everything that's in it in other episodes. That's very true, <laughs> actually, yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll make a guarantee that unless things get pretty dire, we won't be covering Shades yeah. of Grey anytime soon. Uh, but what we are covering this episode... First up, we're looking at The Measure of a Man. Great episode. And then we're looking at Times Squared. Thought it was a great episode. <laughs> well, we'll get on to that as well. Yeah, so first up then, Measure of a Man. I think it's fair to say this is one of the first, if not the first, really, really great episodes of Next Gen. Yeah, and if you look at uh, polls all over the next, even now, it's still regarded by a lot of fans as one of the standout great episodes of Trek. Yeah, it tends to... I mean, we said a few times as we've been looking at the older episodes, they're not going to trouble your top ten list, but this one... This one is quite often, quite often is up there, yeah. Yeah, and I I agree. I think it's it remains a really good episode. I think it's the first time you really get that Star Trek thing, <laughs> you know, of... Fighting for somebody's rights and yeah. all of this and dealing with bigger and, questions. And defining what is life and what is yeah. sentience. So let's take a look then at the story first of all. So it starts off quite mundanely. They go to a starbase for routine checkups and whatnot. Nothing too out of the ordinary. But then this leads into there's um, the commander there who wants to study data. Yeah, Commander Maddock. And this leads to a thing, he's, he wants basically to disassemble him so that he can... Yeah, like, data's all up for this and helping yeah. him until he goes, well, I'll have to take you apart. It's sort of, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, the dynamic between the two characters is really interesting because data actively supports him and yeah. wants to help him with his research and everything but he draws the line when it comes to basically what could amount to killing him Yeah, because they they talk about the procedure and everything and there's a risk but Maddox's argument is well the potential reward is greater than the risk to it but obviously that's not how Data's no. going to see it <laughs> so this leads to Data he tries to resign from Starfleet to yeah. uh, to get around it, basically. Yeah, I always like I always had a I had a bit of, I have a bit of a problem here that he, he wants to resign and I have no problem with that because he's joined Starfleet Academy. He's mm. gone through the process of the academy. He isn't like he's just been an honorary commander because he's an yeah. android and he's actually gone through the full process. 
And then Starfleet is trying to say that it's Starfleet property. But Starfleet never had anything to do with no, his creation is, or anything. Yeah, this is something I've always found a little bit weird in the, the setup of the episode. Because, like you say, as far as we know, Data was found on a planet and chose to join Starfleet. Yeah, and it, it does mention it at later times. I can't remember which episodes. But that he has been through the full process yeah, of the yeah. Academy. Well, they, they list in this episode, don't they, the various yeah. commendations and everything that yeah. he's gained. And, yeah, it, 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 the logic doesn't seem to follow that because Data joins Starfleet, he therefore becomes their property. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the implications that that has for other well, members for, of Starfleet yeah. is quite... Yeah, it's quite worrying and quite, distressing, actually. Yeah, and, I mean, we do dig into this because it seems that they're taking that attitude because Data's an artificial life form, but even that, it seems an extreme sort of leap of logic for Starfleet yeah. to take, yeah, to, to define him as property, but that ultimately is the crux of what they're going to they're Yeah, gonna this, is, uh, this is actually looked at again in um, The Offspring, Yes, when they try yeah. to take C's Data's daughter. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're still doing the same thing, treating androids just as property. Yeah. It's, I mean, we'll, we'll no doubt cover that one in a lot more yeah. depth further down the line. But, yeah, the episodes really do sort of complement each other yeah. in terms of what they raise and everything and the rights that the artificial life forms have. And the setup that we get, then, is basically Picard versus Riker because the... Well, well we get introduced to the Judge Advocate. There's, yeah. a, there's a new Judge Advocate station with Philippa we'll look at a bit yeah but sh- she says that she can there's, she hasn't got any staff so she has to take from the the ship the two commanding officers yeah it's a good I like the setup because it pits them two against yeah. each other and it, it's a bit convoluted to get there but it's yeah it's good and like Riker says I can't I can't I can't go against him because he's my friend I don't believe yeah he doesn't believe the thing he's arguing yeah about, but and then and she says well if you're not willing to then I'll just judge that he's yeah which I think is a bit offhand that she can do that as well again it's to drive the it's to drive the story the confrontation that we need isn't it and you know it, it is a bit convoluted but it yeah. gets there and it gets the like we have an interesting exchange before this between Picard and Philippa when mm. they meet and um, he goes oh they'll let you back in yeah, and and this is uh, looked at a lot deeper in his autobiography. Yeah, yeah. Where Philip is actually his ex girlfriend from the academy yeah. days. We see the start of his uh, redhead. Yes. Thing. Yeah, yeah, very true. And she uh, prosecuted him at the start yeah, days. At yeah, Cotmarsh. yeah. And she went with. She was overzealous. Yeah, and that's and she got drummed out of Starfleet over it. Yeah, but somehow she's got back and yeah, become the head of the yeah. judge advocates general. Yeah. Um, so the debate really becomes about sentience and initially Riker seems to be winning the case because he his argument seems to rely on proving that Data is in fact an android and it's Guinan that kind of wakes Picard up and says you know it's not about whether he's an android it's about whether he's property or not and then Picard argues that and it becomes about is he sentient or not and ultimately the, the debate becomes you know how do we treat new races yeah and, and how do we tr- treat new things and yeah like uh, Picard points out data's just one day as a curiosity 
Yeah. But if we do manage to replicate him, and then does that become a race? Yeah. And if they all the property of Starfleet, we're talking about slavery yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. And it's quite powerful so arguments. It is. It raises some really, really good stuff. So just on a story level then, I think this is is the best TNG story we've had so far. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. it's It really gets into the ins and outs of it all and it has a good dilemma at the core of it and it it speaks to Star Trek's ideals in terms yeah. of new life forms and everything. So it's a really equality and Yeah. It's a it's a really solid setup. It's a a courtroom drama which Star Trek's yeah. always been pretty good at doing. Yeah, it, it's like it's following a trend like from the original series we had Spock where we were looking at an alien and accepting them yeah. on an equal term. Now we're looking at a different artificial life form with data. Voyager continues it with the holographic yeah. doctor. Yeah, it's a, a trend, isn't it, that yeah. Star Trek's always liked to have yeah. sort of another challenge to look at. <laughs> yeah, and we need to decide how do we treat them and everything. So let's dig into the characters then. So, um, even though Picard's one of the sort of main characters in this, we don't necessarily get as much of him as we do with Riker and particularly Data. So looking at Riker then, I think this is the first time we see them play poker in this episode. Yeah. And you get this thing of Riker's clearly very good at poker, but he's also very, very smug with it. Yeah. His sort of poker faces. Yeah, like Data's read up all about it and thinks that it's going to be so easy for him to win. Yeah. And he gets beaten. And that's, <laughs> that ties into the episode as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it's, it's looking at, you know, is Data truly a person and does he have these nuances? And they sort of distill that down to them playing this game. You know, that Riker's got human intuition, which gives him an edge yeah. playing poker. And it's something... The poker thing's going to be used over and over again in next year. Probably gets overused. Maybe by the so, end, but, it, but it's always used to sort of highlight a character. Like yeah. You get an episode where um, Wesley sort of shows his inexperience with it, but also when we get to Best of Both Worlds, you've got Shelby and the antagonism yeah. shown through it. So it's a good, it's a good device, I think, to do it. And we we talked a little bit about. Riker's basically press ganged into doing this job. He's told... Uh, but he's also told he's got to do it to the best of his ability. That's it. And that's the the key thing, isn't it? That it, he's facing this dilemma of, I've got to do as well as I possibly can, can. do, otherwise she'll... She'll just rule. Rule, rule that you're not... And, and it's a great dilemma because he, he, he wants to lose, but he has to do... The best he can, which yeah. means that he might be in with a shot at winning. Yeah, and it's, it's it's like there's points where he apologises to Data for what he's doing. Yeah, and where he t- takes his arm off to show that he's. <laughs> yeah, and you see him sort of doing all his research and everything, and you, you can see it sort of written on his face that he's like, "I really didn't want to read that, and I wish I'd not found that out." Because yeah, that's going to give me ammunition in my argument going forward. And I think, I think Frakes does a really good job of showing the dilemma there yeah like it's quite nice at the end of the episode when Data's having a part when they're throwing a party for Data yeah yeah and he goes to Riker Riker what hasn't gone and goes why not why aren't you coming commander isn't it true that if you hadn't done this yeah <laughs> and it shows like he, 
he's not coming out of shame and out of embarrassment and um, like Data says is it, is it because she lost and he said no it's because I, I so nearly won it yeah and it's great and it, it again shows this thing of Data in a lot of ways has got a better nature than the humans because he instantly can forgive it he can understand he it he can understand why and he doesn't hold grudges yeah absolutely and, it, and he understands the reason Riker's done what he's yeah. done and it was for his own good. Yeah, and it's that shows, in some ways, that it can be better it, than we are. You know, he's, yeah, he's very compassionate. Yeah, it's probably a good way of describing it. And then moving on to Picard, then we get another old flame of Picards, Philippa. And yeah, this is interesting. This is sort of shown in a different way to the last time, and we'll always have yes. Yeah. Again, you get a sense. Basically, we've seen a pattern develop here that Picard seems to be breaking off these relationships <laughs> and um, moving on. But I think he's got family well, around. These two, these two were in a relationship in the academy. Yeah, and it, it's fallen apart. And well, it sort of just grew apart. Right. So it, it wasn't the Stargazer trial that. No, them apart no, but that's no, after. no, the Stargazer trial is after. But because ah, right. because there was an ex. She she hasn't wanted to show favouritism when she's been drawing to prosecute him. Right. But she's gone too far. She's been, she was overzealous in yeah, the trial. Yeah, she says you enjoyed it. And they have this sort of spiky kind of relationship yeah. with each other. And I like the bit where she calls Picard sexy and you can see that he's really uncomfortable with being... <laughs> being described like that. And it, again, it's great acting yeah. from Patrick Stewart. He gets a little bit... Not sort of as flustered as we saw in, in We'll Always Have Paris, but you can sense that Philippa is able to get to him and put him on edge yeah. a lot more. Yeah, she, it, she can push his buttons. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, Picard, I like that he starts off being sort of really pragmatic in the approach to it. Like He tries to take the view of you know, should Data submit to this? He is a Starfleet officer and it's supposedly for the greater good and everything. And it's not till Data makes the comparison to Geordi and he says, you know, Geordi's got better eyesight. Yeah. So why don't we... Why don't everybody in Starfleet have the eyes removed? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that kind of brings it home to Picard. And from there, I think he's, he's the Picard that we see in the rest of the series really or most of the rest of the series yeah he's yeah. really strongly defending um, Data in the trial and he's putting forward basically the rights that he feels that Data should have yeah and he does a very good job of it and yeah I mean I'm impressed with Picard here I think this is we talked about in the previous episodes that they were trying out this trying out that but I think this is who he is. Yeah, this is... They've got his character. I think they're starting to really nail down yeah. his character, how they want it now. We're a third of the way into season two. Yeah. So, it's like, they've had 30-odd episodes at this now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, like, TV was very different then. Like, this still felt like early days. Yeah. Whereas in, in modern TV... 30-odd episodes in, you'd be... Whoa, we... Yeah. We, well... We've had to be probably approaching 40 episodes in. Yeah. And, and you'd be in season four. 
Yeah, you'd, uh, you'd of a really massively developed character. Yeah, you'd be nearly done. Yeah, you'd be over halfway in your story in a lot yeah. of cases, you know. Um, but it, TV was different then, and things got a longer chance to breathe and develop. Yeah. And it's a good thing because I don't think we'd be sat here doing a podcast on Star Trek if no. that wasn't the case. No, it's like you could throw ideas in, like we said with Dixon Hill with Picard. Yeah, it doesn't fit the rest of his character. I know Dixon Hill's used a couple more times, but... Yeah, it, it doesn't seem to fit, but... No. The Picard we get here is, I think, a template for Picard later on. Yeah. So, let's have a look at data then. So, it's the first episode we've really looked at where we get to really dig into it. Yeah. And, first of all, we see that he... I mean, even though he has no ego as an android... He does have a sense of his own rights and oh. he's willing to stand up for his rights. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> like he wants, he refuses to transfer, he wants to resign from Starfleet. Yeah. And so there's something. That's... He has a sense of, he is sentient because he has a sense of self preservation. Yeah, that's it, exactly. There's self preservation and there's self awareness that yeah. we're seeing from him straight away. And we see little personal touches like he keeps the hologram of Tasha Yar yeah which you know we, well, this is something Picard brings up in the trial yeah exactly and but we see it before yeah right before it's mentioned we in the all, trial all, everyone else knows about this with him and Yar yeah apart from anybody in the actual Star Trek universe yeah <laughs> and it does raise some questions as to First of all, why why would he keep it secret? He must have some sense of the fact that the intimacy she shared with him is not something she would want other people well, to she talk did, about. She she actually told him that, didn't she? Yeah. She told him straight that it was between them two. Yeah. So the fact that he can respect that and the fact that he keeps the hologram of her because presumably Data can access his memory yeah. if he wants well, to. He mentions that many a time, that yeah. he, like he has the memories of all the colony from where he was found. Exactly, yeah. And so, he, let, he downloads all of Lal's memories, so we know that he can... So keeping a keepsake doesn't seem to have any logical purpose, but it shows there's more to data than just a machine gun. Yeah. He may not be able to express it in those terms, but he is ascribing some degree of sentimental value to yeah. it. And it's something that we see quite clearly and it does come out later on. And then, sort of towards the end of the episode, not only, as we discussed, does he forgive Riker, but he says to Maddox, I'm still going to work with you. And yeah, I'm still interested in your ideas. Yeah, um, I look forward to seeing what you're going to come up yeah. with. And that's incredibly gracious of him. And, yeah. You know, it's something very human that... And it, it's in a way yeah. it's more than most humans it is more than most humans it is he has a really compassionate nature he has a forgiving nature and he has an understanding nature and we see as well that it's not you know next gen didn't really do serialization certainly not on the level ds9 did, no. but we do see this followed up on this in the episode data's day in season four he's sending yeah he's, to Maddox, yeah so he's not holding a grudge yeah he's helping him like I'm, I'm in a big rewatch of Next Gen, and because I'm binge watching it, you can actually see little threads yeah. running through 
no, those stories that they do continue and it's good it, it adds to not it. in the, like we said not in the same way as DS9 and not nowhere near what they do with TV nowadays no but there is a con- continuation because I mean the, the thing then was basically with syndication and everything they wanted you to be able to sit down and watch any episode and yeah. not need any background yeah to pick it up so in the vast majority of cases the people you got in your pilot episode were the people you would have in your series finale however many years later and you're right next gen it does have character development but not necessarily as much as we see in the later shows but no I think it has character development but I mean like the story arcs yeah. To stop these little story acts right, all the way yeah. through. Right, you say there's this one and you can follow this to it, the offspring. And then into. Uh, there's the one with the exocomps. Yeah. Um, quality of life, is it? Yeah. So, there, you know, this does run through it all. And obviously, there's all the things with law and everything. Um, so, taking a look then at how this impacts the Star Trek universe, we've mentioned we got the game of poker, which. You know, again, he's there for for character. Really, it's there to give us a, a greater understanding of these people when they're not working. Yeah, and ultimately, it's used in that last ever episode as a way of showing how Picard's yeah. progressed as a character. So, I always find found find the poker game slightly strange because they're all off duty. Yeah, but they all stay in uniform. Yeah, that's uh, it's. I'm, and then I'm saying this apropos of nothing really that strikes me as a very Gene Roddenberry thing like they wouldn't have casual clothes in the future sort yeah. of thing it, it, I don't know it just feels very Gene Roddenberry you just stay in uniform yeah which is odd yeah. and again it, we don't necessarily move on from that too much like you get little bits here and there yeah like occasionally you see them where they'll be in civvies but it's really yeah. rare DS9 did it a little bit more. Yeah. But the nature of the show, it had more civilians in it. So, yeah, it's a, it is a weird one. And also, I think I think it's called out in one of the episodes, but they're playing a game of poker where Geordie can see through the cards. Um, Deanna's can read emotions, so she should know what's going yeah. on. You've got data who can calculate the odds on... And can card count. Yeah, exactly. So, the, you know, it's a, it's an interesting game to yeah. be playing. It's, it's quite a wonder, really, that Riker always manages to come out on top, or at least he does in these early ones. Did you spot the, the space stations, a reuse of regular from Star Trek Two? Yes. Which was itself a reuse, wasn't it? It was motion picture, and yeah. they, they turned it upside down. Yeah. So... You know, good on them. It, yeah. it makes sense that there would be a standardised design, but well, it also makes sense from a budget point of well, view. Well, like, when these were being made, it, there was, it was before CGI, mm. so they were still making models, and these models oh, yeah. were massively, massively expensive props to build, so they did reuse them a yeah. lot, or they'd stick extra bits on so they look like something yes, else. Yeah. And then... The we talked about the Jag office, like to my memory, is this the only time we talk about the Federation having a, um, a Jag office? I mean, there's trials and things in other episodes, but uh, I know, like, there's trials in the original series, but was it Jag? I, I don't remember, it's it's a lot more of sort of a military term than we yeah. usually find in Star Trek, yeah, like. And, 
I wonder if it's something that I think in the original series it's something that wouldn't have carried over to a lot of people what Jag was. Maybe so, yeah. And if I remember rightly, there was a series on around the same time as this called Jag. Oh, there was Jag, yeah, so, I remember that. So it was something that was well in people's minds, so... Maybe that's it, yeah. It's, it's sort of familiarity with the term and yeah. everything. So we'll keep an eye out for that in other episodes, yeah. see if it does crop up again. But I, to, I can't remember a I can't specific... remember a specific way it's really in your face it's yeah. a jag office and speaking of terminology there's a bit where they cite webster's dictionary yeah so webster's dictionary still survives absolutely <laughs> not the not the oxford dictionary which tends to be more popular on this side of the atlantic but um at least webster's is still going and then i think the most sort of important thing that we have established in this is that they do set a precedent for androids to have rights yeah and that is something we'll see which they seem to forget by the time the offspring comes around yeah or Starfleet Command Admiralty seems to want to forget yeah. but it's a it's a, a good resolution to the story I think yeah and it's the right resolution to well, the it story is, well it was always going to be the resolution to the yes, story yes they, they couldn't have done anything else yeah but it's that thing that we're driving what's acceptable as sentient life forward and like what we like our view of it that it isn't just humans it yeah it's just expanding it and the the thing is like as a viewer when i first watched this there's no question in my mind that data should have had those rights but it's good to see it play out yeah and good to see it get to the stage where they accept that um so Highlights of the episode then was there any particular moments for you that jumped out? Uh, when Riker turns him off, yes, and I've cut Pinocchio's strings. It, yeah, it, it, and that was so. Sort of, whoa, that's going. Yeah, it is. It's a powerful sort of dramatic thing to do with. Yeah, the, like it, we knew it was already established. He had this off switch. Yes, yeah, from data law, but. To bring it up in the trial like he did. And I always wondered, like, why Picard didn't take out a phaser and shoot Riker and say, well, there's your off switch. Yeah. You know, cause it's, it, it, there's a lot of theatre about Riker's case. It's pretty much, as we said before, it's relying on the fact that he's an android. Yeah, it's like and, bending a steel bar yeah, and, and taking his arm off. And, and the distinction Picard has to make is, okay, he's an android, but that doesn't prove he's not, not sentient. sentient. But you're right, as, as a piece of courtroom theatre, it is it's <laughs> very, very powerful. Yeah. Um, I liked, the, there's some great dialogue in the trial as well. I've jotted down a few of them, like... Data in his closing statement says, when I was created, he added to the substance of the universe. And I think that's a great turn of phrase. And yeah. Again, one of the questions they're asking is, well, is he self-aware? And that clearly, that clearly shows, shows that he is. self-aware. You know, and it shows, I suppose, to a degree, a certain amount of pride in, in what he is, because yeah. he's a miraculous creation. And it, it's, again, something that, the fact that he's an android means that Data can say something like that without it coming across as arrogant. Yeah, he's... <laughs> uh, it's, it's a great line. And then the other one is Picard, in his closing, he says, Starfleet was founded to seek out new life. Well, there it, it is. is. <laughs> yeah. And that's just... that. 
is basically Star Trek in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing there, and that's that's our guy. That's Picard. Yeah. That's the Picard yeah, first episode, we know. First thing we hear is <clears throat> five year mission to seek out new life forms, exactly. new civilizations, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's a good defense. That's pretty much case closed really <laughs> at that point. Was there anything that didn't work so well? Um. Like I like I've said, I still find it very, very very dodgy ground in the first place that Starfleet could claim data has been their property. Yeah. In, anyway, it's like how just because he's a machine that makes him your property. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you would think that when yeah uh, when data initially joined Starfleet, these discussions would have been had. You know, yeah. if they're assuming that he's their property, they presumably must have had to say, okay, but by joining us, you are yeah. consenting to this, that, and the other. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it is a weird premise to, to, base to start it off yeah. with. It's like, so does that mean everybody who's joined Starfleet, in that, basing it on what their, their argument so Picard is property of Starfleet yeah he's that's not it. allowed nobody's ever allowed to resign unless if they don't we want you tell to. you you resign maybe, mind you maybe that's how they got Bones back <laughs> yeah well they did say <laughs> they drafted him yeah. so <laughs> you never know we could have stumbled on to yeah. something here but yeah it's it's an interesting one and um, yeah, it does make you you wonder what data thought the status quo was before this episode yeah or maybe it's just a case of it's just simply never been addressed. Yeah. And Data's assumed on good faith that he's treated like everything else. And then... Like every other member of Starfleet. Maddox is the one who's put it forward that, no, we shouldn't treat him like that. We should treat him as property, so... And I, I always found the argument uh, Philippi uses that he's a toaster. Yeah, I mean, that's... Well, I found this really odd because they use food replicators all the time. Yeah. Like, where's where a ref... I imagine by them, them times, a toast was a really old-fashioned yeah. thing. It's like, I will not It's... I'm trying to think of something... Would you t- turn around and say, oh, you're cooking on your... Um, I don't know. How would you... You stun something, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It is a... It's unusual that Star Trek makes such contemporary references. Yeah, that was a really odd and one for it to come out with. The choice of toaster particularly is interesting because Battlestar Galactica, that's the yeah, well, that's what, well, I I also wonder if um, it's because if it is a reference to Battlestar Galactica because they call their robots Yeah, or whether... The, if someone's put it in as like a little well, Easter egg. Well, maybe it's the other way around. I mean, maybe the reimagined Battlestar took it from here, so I don't recall if they used it in the yeah, original. Yeah, they used it in the original, yeah. Right. So, yeah, it could well be. I mean, it it's one of them where it's clearly a reference for the audience, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily make sense. Yeah, it didn't make... But she could have as easily said, so Data's a replicator, and that yeah. would have... Achieve the same effect, but not. Yeah, it's just toaster seemed a really odd. Yeah, it is. Because the toaster anyway isn't isn't even computing. It's literally heating elements. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing computer computer toaster about all. it at all. Yeah, that is interesting. And I mean, yeah, I think we've talked the through the the other things that I sort of had an issue with. I mean, we talked about Riker's arguments fundamentally flawed, but. It is nonetheless effective. Oh, there's a bit where P- 
Picard says Starfleet is not an organisation that ignores its rules when they become inconvenient. Yeah. Except that it completely is. It is. Seen <laughs> many, 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 so many, many times. times. <laughs> so it's an interesting statement to make from yeah. Picard. But there you go. So overall, I think we're agreed, aren't we? That, that is, it is a classic. It episode. is a classic episode. It it's, still holds it's, up today. Yeah. It's very much rewatchable. Yeah, it's one of the the early early signs that next generation could be much better than it has been yeah. to produce these brilliant episodes. So we'll go from the sublime possibly to the ridiculous then. <laughs> And we're going to look at Times Squared for our next episode. Hmm. Now, when we were putting this list together, yeah, Road to Picard, and we're thinking, what episode should we do? Yeah, we both agreed Times Squared. Yeah, yeah. great episode. When we thought, it's... and it was, and it was thinking back because quite well since seeing it. Yeah, and then rewatching it, it's a really. It's not great. It isn't a great episode, I mean, and, I, and I don't know why I always remember it so I, good. I don't. I mean, maybe it's just the visual of having two Picards. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons it was such a shoe in was like, well, it's got to be a great Picard yeah. episode because we get him and it's coming got up time travel. And yeah. There's a, there is a kernel of a good story in there, but let, let, we'll take it through. It's almost story. like they've had a good idea. And haven't known how to implement it very well. Yeah, that's it. And it just drags. There's no real sort of yeah. momentum in the story. But, I mean, the initial setup's really good. We find the shuttle floating around in space. The next thing is, so there's a mystery there, but then we find a duplicate of Picard on board. Yeah. And that heightens the mystery. And then we get the revelation it's from the future. And then, even bigger... The Enterprise is going to be destroyed in three hours, so we've got a, a ticking clock. And then the other Picard wants to leave the Enterprise to escape and everything. Picard effectively has to kill himself to break this cycle. Yeah, so on paper, that yeah. sounds great. And then it just didn't work. No. <laughs> it's like there's so much not properly explained or shown it's... No, it's a strange episode. I mean, let's look at what we learn about Picard then. Because well, for my mind, Picard's acting really out of character in this yeah, episode. Yeah. Both versions of him. Yeah, like, I could un To be fair, the one from the future that's been displaced, that's ill, I could understand why he's how he is. Right. It's the actual real Picard that I have the problem with, how he acts to it. Yeah. Like, it's obviously got thing. It's not saying thing. The ill one's not saying things properly. Yeah. Doesn't isn't aware where he is. He's displaced. His mind's all scrambled. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with him not knowing what's going on. And that he's actually reliving just in a time loop. So yeah. he's trying to do what he did the first time. So that's fine. Yeah. But it's how the other Picard reacts to him, and the guy's still on bed time displaced I don't recognise any of me in that yeah it's it's like what yeah you've not you don't know enough about him to yeah. know that he's not like from the start he has issues 
with the fact that there's a duplicate at all, yeah. it becomes, it sort of gets his back up right from the very start. It becomes really standoffish yeah, and it, dismissive uh, of him, even before he has any legitimate reason to at yeah. this stage. And they, they try and sort of hang it on this thread of, I can't believe he abandoned his ship. And... Picard, it seems to affect his pride that, you know, I'm the captain, I'd go down with my ship. Yeah. I wouldn't ever do that. But the Picard we know, even at this point, is so much more of a pragmatic character that you would think that he would approach it as a mystery to be solved and say, okay, I wouldn't do that. So what what made yeah. me do it? What happens to me in the next few hours to get me to the stage where I will do that? Yeah. But instead he takes this view of, well, he's a coward. Yeah. And it just doesn't... It doesn't... ...make sense. And he doesn't seem to equate the fact that, yes, he's you from the future, but it's not the distant future. Yeah, it's like five and a half hours or something so, like that. you know, this, this is, to all intents and purposes, you. Yeah. And you have done these things. In so, a couple of hours. <laughs> so it, it just seems incredibly dismissive and short-sighted that he doesn't even engage with it. Yeah. And, well, pardon the engage pun for Picard, oh. but, you know, he isn't willing to entertain it and he isn't willing to to look at it and um, it's just this anger that he shows towards yeah. the other one and um, also towards the end of the episode he's got this thing of uh, I don't like to wait you know I want to be acting and is that true Picard's a very contemplative no. kind of character yeah he doesn't just he isn't gung-ho as a no. Picard as a general rule he's not you know he had the in the battle, they had the Ferengi for three days, and he waited for yeah. three days. He wasn't best pleased about it. No, but, but he isn't that. He's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, I suppose you could read it as he's looking at the ticking clock and thinking, I'm going to turn into this guy who I despise when this clock runs out, but... But I, can't, I don't even know why he despises him, because... Yeah, he doesn't... He has no idea. He has no idea. Yeah, he has no idea. And like, as it as the story develops, uh, Picard from the future has acted how he has, believing that is how it, the only way to save this. Yeah, the enterprise. So he's actually he's put him, he's gone off to put himself in danger on his own. Yeah, to save his <laughs> to save crew. The, save the crew. So he's actually been really brave. What he's done. Yeah, and also, <laughs> and, and this doesn't even alter Picard's view of it no it's really peculiar and you know I'm just thinking now there's that later episode um, in theory where uh, they have to guide the ship through an asteroid field it's not it's, the, it's all phasing isn't it yeah just to ride it through there and Picard takes the shuttle and he leads them so if that version of Picard had been displaced would he have had this yeah. attitude towards that one you know yeah, it's it's not like it's something that he doesn't do again yeah, it's... and it in a lot of ways it the future Picard believes that his actions were correct and it's only through his appearance that the present Picard realises that he made a mistake and it was a mistake it wasn't an act it of wasn't malice a, yeah it wasn't coward it was actually 
it wasn't cowardice by any stretch. It was really brave what he did. I'm going to leave all the protection of the Enterprise in this little poxy shuttle. Yeah. On my own. It, it, it does just feel that he's out of character. And yeah. Even Patrick Stewart doesn't look invested in it in this episode. No. It, he seems off, and it's, it's very rare that you get... I'm not saying it's a bad performance by him, but... It, it is a, an off-kilter performance, yes. and you very rarely get that from Patrick Stewart. It's a really, really strange, <laughs> strange episode. Looking at the the universe then, so one thing we do get is a sort of different take on time paradoxes, and there is this interesting idea of how do we act, like... Is doing what we're doing now going to be the thing that causes it? Or yeah. if we change our mind, is that going to be the thing that causes it? Yeah. And like that's an interesting sci-fi concept to, to dig into. Yeah, well, time travel's always difficult. Yeah. But, but the time travel's not even explained in this one, though. No, it isn't. It's... It's randomly a shuttle has come back in time. Yeah. Uh, I always... I mean, I know it's the nature of the beast... But when you're going to tell these time loop stories or these time paradoxy stories, I always find it incredibly convenient that the one time the Enterprise blows up, you just so happen to get a time loop created yeah. that means we can fix it. And, you know, you get that in cause and effect. Cause which, and effect do it a lot better. Yeah, cause and effect does this concept and does it well. far, far, far <laughs> better. But, you know... If, if that time paradox hadn't have been created, then that would have been the end of the Enterprise. Yeah. And there's an episode of The X-Files where uh, Mulder and Scully are in a bank and it blows up. And there's a time loop, so they get to keep redoing it. You're like, oh, well, that would have been the end of the show. <coughs> yeah. You know, that would have been the end of the show if they hadn't have had the time loop. And Supernatural does it as well. Dean keeps yeah. dying. And, you know, it, yeah, time loops happen in convenient places. Yeah. But- but, but there's only a way how the time loops happen. Usually, happened. yeah. Like in cause and effect, it's the Bozeman coming forward. Yeah. And so th- there is an internal logic yeah. to it. Yeah, but there's nothing actually nothing really explained way. about how he's... No, it it doesn't... I, I mean, usually with an episode like this, I'd try and think, well, how would you have done that a bit better? And I, I think the answer is you'd have just not bothered and done yeah. a different story. Yeah. The idea of having two Picards one of whom has done something that our Picard doesn't agree with, could have been absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And it could have been an acting tour de force from Patrick it could Stewart. Have been, yeah. It, it's like, like we say, on paper, this story should have been belting. Yeah. And, like, when I looked, when I was, like, remembering episodes, I was thinking, yeah, I enjoyed Times Square. Now I've rewatched and I'm thinking, this is... A really bad episode. It really is. I mean, it, I, I don't see me coming back to it anytime no. soon. Um, unless I'm doing a rewatch, because I do tend to watch every episode yeah. when I do a rewatch. If you want so. to rewatch, you have to watch every episode, yeah. good or bad. But no, this isn't this, up no. there. So we usually do highlights and lowlights. Do you have any highlights for this one? <sighs> I'm struggling. Yeah, I I didn't. No. <laughs> I couldn't think of one thing that really jumped out no. on me. Um, low lights then. My first one, and it's nothing to do with the Picard storyline, and I think we're going to draw on your expertise here, 
Because Riker is making an omelette. Now, you're a chef. That is scrambled eggs that he's making. That is not an omelette. No, it's not an omelette. All of this world. No, it's not an omelette. An omelette. And you flip and what, it up. And, he's and, got, and he only shows breaking one egg. Yeah. And he's invited all his mates to share it. Yeah. But he does and, say it's uh, an alien. Something. Yeah, but even then, you see him crack the egg and whisk it, so there's not a lot. No. And it's only a little square stove he's cooking on. Yeah. And yet he's got enough for platefuls for yeah. everyone. It's like, but what is this egg? It is just. It, is it, it pan dimensional or. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. It, so he cooks it, and it, it's not an omelette at all. I mean, it's scrambled start, egg. No one cooks an omelette on a square space. You need it to be round yeah. so you can flip it. Yeah. yeah. So he makes scrambled egg, but then it's I've invited all my friends round and I'm serving them scrambled egg, and that's it. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, will, I mean, this lot all left that party and gone, do you want to go down 10 forward yeah. and get something proper to eat? Because yeah. Riker's Let's only... Let's see if Guinan's got any kebabs going. Yeah, exactly, because Riker's <laughs> only give us half a scrambled egg. And I, I just... I know it's a silly thing to get hung up on, and any other episode, I'd maybe give it a pass, but it comes in a terrible <laughs> episode anyway. And it's just ludicrous. It is. And it's not that... It does nothing for the story either. No. It's like... The poker games we see little have a yeah. little reflection on the on the story, and, and they often when they have them little get groupings. Yeah, they often set up a theme that's gonna yeah run this, through like, the story. But it's like somebody's I don't know if some if some writers sort of woke up at middle at night. Here, I've had a great idea, and he was actually having a nightmare, and he's really down, <laughs> and then he's gone into work the next day, and someone's gone. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, get that in. That's the opening for the episode, is that? I mean, (laughs) again, this is perhaps a thing that... In modern TV now, your teaser of your episode always has a hook that draws you in for the next hour. Next Gen, in a lot of places, and DS9 were guilty of it at times, and so was Voyager, they just have these nothing teasers that are just people milling about the ship and nothing happens, and then... You're into the main episode. Yeah. It's almost like we've gone. We're running five minutes short. Yeah, what should we do? Have Riker cook an egg. Yeah, like, but it is. It's it's re- it's it's not a long omelet. No. The one egg is there to feed six of them at least. Yeah, which I'd be pissed off with six. six <laughs> yeah, I would be. I mean, I'd be annoyed if someone invited me round, and even if there were plenty of it going round, but the only thing they were serving me was scrambled yeah. egg. Like, well, give us an accompaniment, even a bit of toast. A bit of toast, yeah. yeah scramble, get data to make it. <laughs> yeah, data. <laughs> <laughs> See, it all ties together eventually. But, yeah, it's just bizarre. And I, this is one that I always remember this bit with the egg, and I always forgot which episode it was in. But yeah, it's one of those that you remember as being really bad. The good thing is I can kill two birds with one stone now, and I don't have to yeah. watch Riker and his egg anymore, and I don't have to watch Sam's. <laughs> Times squared anymore, but you know it's it's a weird one. The whole the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that just about does it for the other thing squared. that the other thing that really gets me. Like okay, the shuttle's come back in time. Picard's got time displacement, but why the hell is the polarity of all the shuttle being changed as well? Yeah. It's, that doesn't make it, sense. The whole yeah, 
like say it doesn't make sense it doesn't it's uh, we've seen time time travel many times in star trek and we'll see it many more times in star trek i mean and never does it reverse everything no this is true i mean giving it the benefit of the doubt at the episode as a whole you could say there's a writer's strike on this feels very much like a first draft so maybe this fell through the cracks it could have done with a a good few revisions. Remember, there's a writer's space. strike on, and they give it to like some sixth form students to make <laughs> yeah. write an episode. We can't get any of the actors writers guild to do it. Here's your project yeah. this week, <laughs> and we'll make it whatever you yeah. whatever stupid it is. <laughs> yeah, we'll write it down. <laughs> Have a word with your home economics class and find out what an omelette is, and then get back to us, and we'll go from there. But yeah, I'm maybe being a bit generous, giving them the writer's strike as an excuse, but... No, you know, it could have been that. There was a lot of yeah. writing problems and during season two. To be fair, I don't think this is the worst that season two gets. It isn't the worst that season two it's, gets, but it is... It's not that far off, but it... Yeah. Yeah, the writing definitely suffered. We were really lucky to get Measure of a Man out of season two. Oh, when absolutely. You think about it. And that brings us on in a roundabout way to what we're going to be doing next week, so... We're sticking with season two initially, and we're going to look at Q Who, yeah. which I think is a great episode. But then we're going to deviate a little bit in the timeline, and we're going to stick with the Borg. Yeah, we're going to jump. We're going to sort the continuation of. We're going to follow Alex the Borg. Of episodes. Are yeah, gonna... we're going to follow the Borg through. So next week it's going to be Q Who and the Best of Both Worlds Part One, which I think we'll have a lot better things to say about them than we did. Yeah. Squared. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And then the week after, we've got a belted episode coming up. Absolutely. So if you want to get in touch with us, we're on at RetrekPod on Twitter. If you want to join us on Facebook, put Retrek in your search engine, you'll find the group. And we've also got an email, RetrekPod at gmail.com. But for now, thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thanks and goodbye. Fascinating.